Hello and welcome to Space Chats. I'm Adam Hemming, the director of the Space Theatre, and I'm on Zoom with Maya Goldstein, writer and performer of Zatar Rain, which is coming to the space from the 24th to the 27th of May. Hello, Maya. How are you? Welcome to Space Chats. Hi, hi. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad today. Where are you Zooming in from? Um, I'm Zooming in from home, Battersea. <laughs> nice. So before we get into talking about Zatar Rain, can you tell us a bit about your background? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I'm originally from Tel Aviv or from a, well, a town next to Tel Aviv in, in Israel. That's where I grew up and I was trained as an actor. I was working in the theatre and some TV shows and in Israel, then I decided to do my master's in performance making because I wanted to, you know, as actors, sometimes you, you, you don't want to be waiting for the phone to call for you and you need to do stuff by yourself. So I wanted to gain more skills. So um, I went and I did my master's in performance making in Goldsmiths University. And uh, yeah, and then I just stayed, <laughs> stayed here in London. And actually the Azata went as a result, it's it was the uh, my final project in at Goldsmiths. It was originally thirty minutes, and then I developed it further. I went to Goldsmiths. I did my BA at Goldsmiths um, quite a long time ago now. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember we talked about that. Yes. <laughs> what was your experience of Goldsmiths as a college? Did you enjoy the time there? That's a good question. I really enjoyed it. Yes, but and mainly, I think the most important thing that I did take from there is the contacts, is people. I did study a lot, you know, and I did, you know, and the teachers, yeah, a lot of them were great, but mostly it's it's the uh, it's the contact and the meeting new people and having new experiences. So, yeah, it's really intense and great. Yeah, I think they do that really well, actually, at Goldsmiths, is, is bring a kind of you know, melting pot of different people from all sorts of different walks of lives. I mean, I remember... Back when I was there, we had quite a lot of mature students. I was, you know, I'd taken a year out before I went to university, but it was a really, really fascinating mixture of people there and just the different ideas and approaches to creating work. I mean, I came out of that with a, a really, I mean, we formed a theatre company. I think it was about nine or 10 of us formed a theatre company together, which was completely unsustainable. So the performance making as a course, I don't think existed when I was, when I was there. What was involved in that, in that course? was involved so lots of approaches to to how to make performance so for example site specific or not so much as a, a formal theater as, as much as I you know as much as I I was trained and also lots of visual arts installations installations that was also a big part of that to me sometimes a performative aspect was maybe missing or was or maybe the theatre aspect I should be more precise yeah but that's just me I'm a narrative junkie maybe or I'm like I really like or to, to be able to create a narrative or to to have something cohesive yeah I think I'm very similar in, in my tastes when it comes to performance can you remember what your first theatrical experience was of me performing or just in general yeah, either as you, you as a performer or more broadly, I guess, what drew you into theatre, perhaps? That's a tricky question, because I I actually got into theatre quite, quite late in life, meaning I I was never one of those children who always performed, always I was really shy. And 
So I, I got into that quite late. So I don't really, you know, maybe any sort of like theatrical experience that I had was as, um, you know, like a normal experience. I didn't tell myself, okay, this is, yeah, I remember that as something, you know, pivotal and I'm gonna, so I don't really have an answer to that question. Okay, no worries. I'm curious a little bit about kind of your time performing in, in Israel and, and the sort of work that you were doing there and what the differences or similarities are between performing in, in Israel and performing in the UK. Hello. <laughs> Lots of, um, well, not a lot of similarities. So Fringe, for example, is really, it's very difficult to, to have like subsidised theatre in, or art, let's say, in in Israel and yeah so you kind of become like a jack of all trades you do everything you're 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 writing you're producing and there's like there's no such thing as like formality in terms of uh who's good ah, you're doing everything everything is like there's nothing nothing is, is is done with by emails everything is like um you know very last minute very you call people like on the phone you know come here do that or which sometimes it's awful sometimes you know amazing things can happen because of that also one thing that i found very you know a lot of uh theaters or institutions in israel so if you approach them if you pitch them with your project so they always ask for um, a presentation it's it's or a festival in israel and i was quite surprised here in the uk i was never asked i i asked i was asked about the you know theoretical aspect about the background what it was how did I write it but I was never asked to actually perform which I, I I don't know what I think about that but it's yeah it's very similar loads of uh very similar um different sorry different approaches also I feel like theater is very much in your face in Israel it's not that it can have a bit more subtleties you know from like British theater and vice versa. What's your process like for creating a new work? And if, if it's easier sort of to tell us specifically about Zatar Rain and how that came about, but generally, do you have a kind of process for where you, where you start creating a new piece of work? Well, I don't think I have a particular you know, structure. I really tried hard to remember how, or what was the first thing that I wrote with regards to Zatar Rain? What was the, literally the first thing? don't really remember, but I employed loads of, uh, you know, maybe creative techniques that, techniques that I found. I went on Google on Google Earth, you know, that when you put the, uh, the yellow person and I was going on a virtual tour in Lebanon and in Israel, you know, next to the next to the borders, next to international other international borders, taking some bits and pieces uh, names of cities and all that. I interviewed quite a lot of people and recorded them and then listened to, so a lot of, not a lot, but one dialogue that I have with a girl that that's asking me to go to Beirut. So it's uh, verbatim. It's, it's one of like, yeah, some of the, the sentences are really, as she said, and um, about, about not seeing me as uh, about seeing me as a, as a human being and or about what Beirut is like so literally what else I also drew quite a lot so I'm I illustrated I'm, I'm I'm a graphic designer as well and I it all started with just doodling and doing some illustrations and then 
mm, how do I, like a comic book, and how do I now make this picture and this picture, how do I combine them? What's What sort of like, you know, segue do I need to create in order, you know, like a verbal segue? Yeah, a mixture. <laughs> let's, um, let's talk about Zatar then. What, what would you say the, the piece is about? I would say about connecting people, because as much as it is about borders and about the Middle East and about, you know, it's it happens everywhere that people are, you know, are disconnected, that people don't have access to to other people, to, to, to other, to, to their neighbours because of borders, because of um, whether they're physical borders, for example, in Mexico and, and the US, like in um, South Korea and North Korea. Also mental, you know, barriers, borders, physical, uh, that people are restricted or restrict themselves from, you know, approaching other people, different people, or maybe people that have something in common, but also something that, that disconnects them. So it's, um, it's about connecting people. And it sounds so cheesy, like reaching the unreachable, but it's, it's about trying to grasp something that is beyond that you can see it but it's not but you can't really grasp hold of it and you want to when we received your proposal for this for this show I think the story just really captured the imagination so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read the sort of blurb that we've got on the website Maya is haunted by telephone calls and weird visions only to discover that behind them stands a Lebanese girl called Luna who implores her to come to Beirut as Maya lives in Israel, Luna's request should be impossible to turn into reality, but she is compelled to embark on this journey. The idea of this kind of journey and of this, these, these connections between people through these telephone calls and weird visions, I think, was really just conjured stuff up in our in our minds sort of immediately, which I think was was really great. And you did a lovely extract of the show for our season launch. Uh, again, which sort of showed how this this story was going to be to be told, which is great. The next part of your blurb talks about the encounters that uh, your character has along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, again, I'm just going to read these. You've got Elon Musk. You've got a sarcastic p- pigeon with a, a penchant for Abba, uh-huh. a no not Jordanian border guard, and a sheep with a Scottish accent. Exactly. Uh, just again amazingly vibrant characters do you have a favorite encounter amongst those within the piece uh, well <laughs> i would have to say that the hamama the pigeon is uh, quite a well i don't i hate to say it's my favorite but it came first but also i think it prompted all of the other characters because even before i started writing the the show the idea was i had an idea of making a sort of like an installation or like a performance uh rather than a, a theater show and i really wanted my idea was as my um final show was to to send a letter from israel to beirut that's how it started and then obviously because i knew it's not possible I really wanted, my idea was to tame a homing pigeon. And, and apparently in, in the UK, it's, it's quite, they're quite, you know, quite famous for like taming homing pigeons and blah, blah, blah. And I actually looked it up and what, what it would entail to actually take a homing pigeon, tame it from Israel to Beirut. Yeah, it turned out really difficult. And, uh, and then I was like, oh God, maybe I should write it. You know, I, I'll just make a character out of that. So she has a really, really special spot for me. Great, fantastic! You created the piece as part of your as part of your MA, 
and you presumably performed it at Goldsmiths as, as part of that process? Yeah, that was, a, you know, the preliminary, the 30-minute piece. You know, it wasn't as elaborated and... And have you performed elsewhere since then, or is, is it so now? There were a couple of uh, R and Ds that we did, and then the um, and obvious, and then obviously I I added the additional thirty minutes uh, to make the whole story cohesive. And we performed the final version once at JW three, yeah, the biggest Jewish um, center, um, like um, art center in in North London. Uh, that was right before COVID, and uh, it was it was really was received really well. And the idea was to go on um on a UK tour because then I don't know if you remember, but pre COVID, the <laughs> the it topic you know the that everyone was talking about was Brexit you know back in the day and about borders and so I thought it could be very you know apt to connect it to borders in the UK in Northern Ireland. And and also Brexit situation now that UK yeah, Britain is not going to be part of the UK, of the EU. And then I also you know I was in touch with all these organisations in Northern Ireland and Scotland, and that was the idea to to do the the tour. That was in February, and then and then March happened. But yeah, so <laughs> literally we we performed it once in the final version. Yeah. I mean, thematically, that idea of connecting with other people obviously became quite strong during COVID as well. So, you know, exactly. the, the, the piece has almost had an even deeper relevance now than than perhaps it would have done sort of pre-COVID times. And, you know, and, and now, I mean, there's, and unfortunately, we also have Ukraine. So it's like it adds another, you know, just when you thought, okay, what maybe people, people are maybe bored of like talking about the Middle East. How, how you know, much can you talk about this tiny, uh, place on earth but uh, well they're not but also we can see that we have loads of other examples where this is you know this is very much related to so because borders are such a vital aspect of our lives I think people are not aware of that but if you actually think about it we come across borders every day absolutely well the other thing that I think really appealed to us when we were looking at your proposal was your use of technology in the show um, can you tell us a bit about that and kind of how that that developed or what the inspiration was behind that? So I right from the beginning, I knew I was going to to, to write a one woman show because um, because it was my story and um, was very personal. And, and these characters, I, I mean, a, a pigeon, I like I'm not going to dress you know, up as a pigeon. And yeah. And then I was like, I mean, it would be great if I could project it somewhere. And then I'm like, let's do that. Let's, let's, yeah, let's maybe project them. All the characters will be projected and I will talk to them. And then because it's, um, because we were talking about borders, I was like, I'm not going to overcomplicate. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. And I'm going to make a very simple one line animation, black stroke on white background, just like a border, you know, can be seen on a map. And all of them will be like outlines of, of, characters yeah so that's how it started and obviously for that we needed to do projection mapping we needed to project them onto curtains and uh, then it got a bit <laughs> a bit more complicated but yeah that's how it came about and what's what's the biggest challenge for you in mounting a, a production if you're talking about a production 
I think the most difficult thing is to bring audience. I mean, I cannot stress that enough how, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very difficult to bring awareness to. This is the most difficult thing, I think, in terms of uh, production. And um, also to be very, um, also to, to keep calm because I'm doing mostly I'm doing everything, almost everything, yeah? Not everything, but almost everything. And also all of my, my characters' dialogues, they're pre-recorded. So I know my partner will always be there. They'll never forget their, their lines, but what happens if I happen to take a, a longer pause, that's gonna be a problem. So I need to be on cue every night. So that's also a lot of added pressure. And also, I, and, and if you're talking about the creative uh, aspect, I think, you know, it's very difficult to write something to, to, to be able to, it's very specific. I don't know if that's a word. Sis, sis. Specific. No, 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 no. Like Sisyphus, like, a, like it's a... Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So what's the word for that? <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. It's like, like a word. <laughs> Very repetitive and, and uh, task and to be able to lock yourself in the room and just write or find inspiration or find the right moment or, you know, fight against the against that and say, OK, I don't care. I'm just going to write now for three hours. It's demanding and it's difficult. And just talking about your audience, who would be your ideal audience member for this show? People who are interested in watching something like a theatre but something maybe quirky, something nice, something uh, funny and sad, and uh, maybe to open open the mind a bit and like something out of the box, uh, outside the box. I, I I don't know. I really don't have just good people, good people who, who like to have. Yeah, I, mean, I think those those you, you kind of hit on it for me in terms of what your show brings. And I think there's a lot of humour in there, but it's also very moving and thoughtful thought-provoking you know it's a show that will make people I think question sort of different things I, I mean I think it's a really brilliant piece that you've created mm -hmm. to be able to achieve those three different things in the one piece I think is really clever and um and a brilliant thing so yeah are you working on anything else at the moment have you got time in, in the headspace for anything else are you involved in any other projects um so <laughs> in Theatre-wise, I'm not doing anything um, at the moment. I have, I have like some ideas of new, uh, something new to write. I, I actually started to doodle, not doodle, but like write some of the characters. Yeah, but pretty much I'm consumed with with Zata and and trying to, you know, push push it till the uh, yeah, make the best out of it. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been really lovely to chat to you and find out a bit more. Um, Satire Rain is taking place at The Space from the 24th to the 27th of May with a live stream on both the 26th and the 27th of May and that will be available on demand for two weeks after that. Uh, tickets are available and you can also find links to our social media accounts at space.org.uk. Um, are you online anywhere, Maya? Is there anywhere that people can follow you or find out more about uh, There's an Instagram um, account for Zat at Zata Rain. Um, and there's also a LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn. Why do I say LinkedIn? There's also Twitter, sorry, um, which is Maya lowercase gold, wait, Maya lowercase gold, lowercase M. Great. We will pop some links to those uh, in the description of the podcast. <laughs> 
we'll be able to find those. Perfect. But yeah, that's great. Um, well, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll see you soon. Looking for, very much looking forward to having the show coming to the space. Thank you so much. I really look forward to it.